For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Disopolis and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. The NFL is in full swing. Uh, that means fantasy football is in full swing. We gave our boomer busts last week. We also gave our best bet of the week, each of us. Uh, and that was brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, Go there, place your bets, make your winnings, have some fun. Try the online casino, but don't be too tempted there. I'm going to be honest. I've lost a lot of money there. That's your forewarning. But outside of the online casino, everything else is really great. Um, but yeah, best bets of the week. Uh, we'll start with you, Toss. Give us one bet that you're really loving in football this week. Everybody loves a good upset. That's how you win the big money. Yep. And this is a this is a hot take, but I think that you guys may appreciate it. I actually like Josh. This is different than what we were talking about earlier today, and it's actually in disagreement what we were talking about earlier today. Shoot, I actually like the Bengals plus three against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger is not 100% healthy, and I think they're actually going to have a really hard time moving the football, and I expect Joe Burrow to bounce back, and he plays big in big moments. So I, I actually, I, I'm not going to go as far to say to take that money line because that's that's really risky. I'll be doing it, so if you want to join me, go ahead. I, I actually do like them to cover. I know it's a it, it's plus three, but let's make it interesting. I mean, I, and I hit last week. I hit last week on my Cowboys money line pick, so I'm I'm riding hot. Yeah, you did hit on the Elon Cowboys. Risky. You did hit on the Cowboys money line pick. Uh, and my thing though is, if you're going to go plus three on the Bengals, you might as well just send it on the money line at that point. If it's within mm. three, I always feel it. Screw it at that point. You might as well go for it. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that, just because there's so many get close games in the NFL that. And within three points, and within two points, and within one point, we saw a bunch of them this weekend. And so, um, I would have taken these points, especially in a game in Pittsburgh. And mind you, this game opened up at five and a half. So, um, I am still a little worried about that line, but I do think the Bengals are a pretty decent team this year. I mean, they've shown that they can move the ball in offense, and their defense can hang with a lot of teams. So, I don't mind the pick toss, bro. Riding with Tasopolis over here, Nick. What are you thinking? Well. I'm going to go with our boy, Tom Brady, um, minus one right now, um, going to Los Angeles, playing against the Rams. It's actually one and a half now, um, but it opened up at, at a plus one. So it went the other way, but this team looks like they could go undefeated this season. 
Um, it's one of those teams that I, I would not be shocked if they did go undefeated this season. They've got an elite defense. Their offense is clicking on all cylinders. They have all the weapons. I just think that they're on a war path continuing from their Super Bowl run. And I do think the Rams are a really good team, but it seems like this, this Bucks team is better. And, um, you know, if you're working with one point, then that's pretty much a pick them. Yeah, it is. And I, will they go undefeated? Probably not. Are they a juggernaut? And are there like little holes? It seems absolutely. They scored two defensive touchdowns last week um, by the same guy, Mike Edwards, second year safety. Uh, the pressure they get on the quarterback is immense. They have a bevy of weapons. It's just like pick your poison. Yeah. And once they the run- four touchdowns, four touchdowns by Mike Ease. Yeah, and then that's very true. And then by the time the run game gets hook- cooking, it's just going to be no. It's just over at that point. Yeah, two two interesting things. Daryl Henderson going into the weekend uh, with the rib injury. With the rib injury, so we'll see if he's playing. It looks like he's probably not going to. In which case the Rams have to rely on Tony Michelle and they need some semblance of a run game, right? Like, and that's, yeah, not super excited about their situation. If Sony is the only real running back back there, but I will say uh, on the opposite side, it's looking like Antonio Brown is going to be out of this game because he's on the COVID IR list. So that really, that, that changes things from my perspective a little bit because it allows the lockdown corner Jalen Ramsey to either be bouncing back and forth between Evans and Godwin. Um, I, I expect he'll be after Evans pretty much the entire game. So that, that puts a lot more pressure on the rest of those weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to yeah. really do their thing. Cause I actually, I felt like this was going to be a big game for Antonio Brown, Yeah, but we'll, we'll see if Godwin can pick up. It looks like he's having a good season and I, I'm confident that he can return to, you know, a top form. And the thing is they have all those weapons out there. So it's not like they're going to be short on, on their guys. I mean, like you mentioned Godwin and Evans and, you know, the Humphreys is out there. And then of course, Gronk's Gronk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could end up with 20 touchdowns this season. Um, but keep in mind that Antonio Brown, even though he did go down with COVID still has the opportunity to play because he's vaccinated. Right. What he needs to happen is that he needs to test negative twice within a 24 hour period. So he needs to test, let's say test negative, um, you know, tonight at 6 p.m. Tomorrow he's got a t- or negative again at 6 p.m. I don't think it matters with or without AB. I think no, that, I don't either. Yeah, I think at that point, uh, it, they could just start shuffling guys in. Yeah, as long as you have Evans and Godwin and Gronkowski, like, look, you stick Ramsey on Evans, then Godwin's gonna eat. You know, I mean, obviously they have Williams, Darius Williams, who's really good there but then you have Gronkowski in the middle of the field. It's just a super hard team to defend. Now the best case scenario in the Bucks offensive line is fantastic is getting Aaron Donald into that backfield and making Tom Brady who can't move really outside the pocket, um, creating as much havoc for him as possible and making him either get the ball out quickly or just bringing him down to the ground. Uh, but I think the, the Daryl Henderson point is great. Uh, they're going to find themselves in a shootout regardless, which is good for the Rams because they have the weapons as well to keep up. I mean, they have there's they're they're five deep as well. But it's really like you said, with where the line is, it's basically just to pick them. And yes, the Rams are at home, but the Bucks looks to be like the best team in the NFL right now. So it's hard to go against that. Yeah, yeah very true. We said it on our Sunday to Monday show. It's they're in a league of their own. I think the undefeated thing again is a little drastic, but it's not crazy. It's not far fetched. I like 
is this team better than the Patriots team that went undefeated in the regular season? Realistically, like maybe like it, it, it totally could be like Brady's playing his best football. He's got nine touchdowns in two games. Like is Mike Evans as good potentially as Randy Moss was that, that keep, keep in mind, like Randy Moss left for dead. Like he was done in, he was done in Oakland. They got Randy Moss who goes on to set the record for touchdowns in a season for a third round pick. So he still have Evans and AB who will come back. If not this week, the next week, I mean, this team for all intents and purposes could be better than that 16 and 0 Patriots team. It's just, you know, it's that one extra game is a little cumbersome and that, you know, it's just an additive, like in, it's more, it's just more pressure on these guys and, you know, it's more on their bodies. Um, so we'll see. It's just, it's going to be that one game. There's a reason it's only 16 games, in the NFL season. So adding that 17th game is, it's just, a, it's just a lot. Um, so we'll see how healthy everyone gets in, but that's down the line. Uh, it's a good pick this week. Pick? I'm, I'm going my home dogs this week. The Minnesota Vikings straight up money line. They played a really close game against the Cardinals a game. Honestly, they probably should have won. Like Dalvin yeah. gets injured. They missed that extra point. They missed the field goal. Special teams cost them the game. And I think that Cardinals team is really good. Uh, you're saying money line, right? Money line. Look, again, like if I was going to, if I'm going to take in that instance, the Bengals money line at plus three, they're plus two right now at betonline.ag. So I'm definitely going to rock with them there. Um, I think the, the Vikings, the Vikings defense isn't anything to write home about, but they lost a really close one against the Bengals that went to overtime in Cincinnati. They lost a close one against Arizona. Like I just mentioned, it's their first home game. It's against Seattle who obviously is really good, but they had a complete meltdown against Tennessee at home last weekend. And while I don't think that'll be the norm, I don't think we should just gloss it over. I think it's a very different kind of meltdown than the Packers meltdown. I think the Packers situation against the saints week one, Absolute anomaly. Mm-hmm. I don't think we see that again out of them. I think it's that's a similar situation to the Bucks when the Bucks just at, got decimated by the Saints last season, like in the middle of the season, and they scored like yeah, it's, it's week one. It's, it's week, week one. one. Saints like beat them like in that midweek, you know, like the mid form. Everyone's in mid form action. It's like, oh, who's going to win the NFC? Saints or Bucks? This is the game. And obviously, they got to meet for the third time, and the Bucks beat them um, in New Orleans, but. I think that was it was really worrisome to see that Seattle defense just falter. They completely abandoned the run game really when they were up Seattle and relied heavily on Russell Wilson and the receivers to make plays, which after that bomb to Freddie Swain, like, you know, they were up 30 to 16 and you thought they were in the driver's seat and they just let Derrick Henry run all over them. And they, I don't know if they are fooled by like, okay, they're going to try to beat us in the air and they left a lot open, but for Derrick Henry and that 60 yard run broke the game back open um, but even after that, he just went off. It wasn't like it was just that one run. He, he entered the half like 50 yards. He finished the game with 180, including overtime. And then again, in overtime, they couldn't get it done. They forfeited bad field position. Um, I thought it was a really worrisome game from the Seahawks. And it's a big overreaction, I know, because it's only week two. But if you're looking at this team as a serious contender and the Niners are off to a 2-0 start, do I necessarily buy them as a top team in the NFC? I don't know, but they're in it. They're competitive. They're winning games at the jump. I think the Cardinals are legit, like I said. So I think this is a trap game for Seattle, and I think Minnesota gets on the board here with their first win because Cousins to Jefferson, uh, Cousins to Thielen, this guy Osborne's, KJ Osborne's in the mix. You know, Irv Smith Jr. is out. Unfortunate for him. Doesn't really matter. Full on next up there. I think the offense is clicking on full cylinders, and I think this is 
a big year for Cousins, who's playing for some money as he always is. So I think yep. he's playing again. It's like you know, he's always on the cusp. Like are the Minnesota Vikings going to be that team that abandons Kirk Cousins? Can you win with Kirk Cousins? I think time and time again, Kirk Cousins proves that he's really not the issue and that he's a good quarterback and that if you have a team around him, it, it could contend. And I think yep. that NFC North is still competitive. So I think this is a big game for them. Yeah, I'm going to throw two more out there since we gave you five last week. So I, I'm really liking the Bears plus seven going into uh, Cleveland. I feel like Cleveland has been playing their best football. They've been playing close games. Um, you know, they didn't cover the spread against the Texans. Um, last week they played another shaky game. So it's something that um, I think that the bears can manage a seven point game, especially with fields coming in, um, you know, kind of giving a, a jolt of energy to that offense. And I think that they have a pretty good defense, you know, with Khalil Mack and, and those guys all there, I think they can also hold their own. So I like plus seven. And I also like the Broncos. Um, they opened up at um, minus five and a half against the jets and that's a dumpster fire as we expected it's in denver it's now at minus 10 and they really handled business last week against jacksonville and i think they're going to do the same thing and steamroll the jets yeah they're steamrolling everybody so far they've steamrolled the giants i mean they've played easy they've played they've played pretty easy matchups and i think it's just getting easier and easier for them but you know they're just going to leave no doubt right now that they can contend in the AFC West. And I still believe in them. I think that they have an opportunity to actually make the wild card game. I mean, they're two and right now sitting at first place with the Raiders in the AFC West, but I texted you guys this weekend. I, I told you, I said, I think the AFC West might be the most competitive in all football. And yeah, it's totally. looking like that's the case. I mean, it's very talented for sure. And we saw obviously this past week with the Jets, Zach Wilson threw four picks. We know how good the Broncos are up front on the defensive line and their DBs are even better. And so they're going to feast. If they get to Zach Wilson, especially because he's going to be under duress this entire game, expect to see a lot of turnovers. That turns into the Broncos with their efficient offense taking care of business. I would say the only reason why I'm a little timid is because like they don't need to blow the Jets out of the water to win this game. But I think they're just so productive that they're going to they're gonna win by more than 10 points. I really like that bet, Nick. I think that one's great. Yeah, I'm I'm high on the Broncos this season. I just think that they they might made the right decision at putting Ted, Teddy Bridgewater behind center, and he's taking he's taking care of the ball. You know, he's giving that offense some life. I mean, those receivers are starting to get in the mix as well. The Judy loss was pretty crucial, but I mean, getting Noah Fant involved is something that's so key. I mean, they drafted him in the first round, and he's finally looking like he's a top five tight end. Yeah, I yeah, mean, and they've got two they've got two good running backs too, right? Like before, we used to have the Philip Lindsay and who was he always splitting the backfield with? I can't even Royce remember who it was Royce Freeman. It's like this new duo of Javante Williams and a Melvin Gordon with like this jolt of, of new life into him. Like just drank from the fountain of youth mm-hmm. is a really competent backfield. And yes, Judy is hurt for, you know, three to four more weeks, but Cortland Sutton, he's already mm-hmm. bounced back from that injury. I mean, he had 150 yards, last game on nine catches like that's returning completely to form yeah it's a good old line too i think that they uh you know they're one of the top old lines in football and they, they always have a good old line but you know keeping your quarterback healthy and letting your running backs you know get big carries and keeping them fresh as well is something that's gonna be super key so yeah i like i like the line whatever it's at i mean minus five or minus ten take it yep i think both lines are really good i think that that's gonna be a lot for the browns to handle um, we don't know how Odell will be. Jarvis is out. 
So the receiving yep. room took a hit for the Browns. Um, and it's a completely different game plan with Justin Fields in the mix. We haven't seen him really yet. Uh, it's totally different exactly. offense. So could be a big boomer bust pick, but it's a sneaky pick nonetheless. Um, and I think that, yeah, the Broncos just going to smash the jets, uh, real quick guys. We've a couple more minutes here in our first part of our segment. Um, we'll start with you, Nick boomer bust fantasy guy that you're high on this week and guy that you're not as high on this week. Yeah. Guy that I'm high on this week. I'm going to go, um, missing with the running back position, Tyson Williams of the Ravens. Um, he's beginning a lot of carries, um, you know, for the Ravens and he's going to play against a Detroit defense that led up four touchdowns against Aaron Williams or sorry, Aaron Jones on uh Monday night football. And I think the run game for Baltimore is going to continue to have success led by Tyson Williams. Um, I think he's going to eat there. And then on my boom or sorry, my bus side, I'm going to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire against the chargers. I think that they're really going to look for the pass game. And I think that Clyde really hasn't gotten it going as their, the premier running back. And he's really not the style of running back that, is going to be able to even do damage against the Chargers. Chargers defense is quick. They're lean. They they have speed. And I think they're an easy match for Clyde. A power running back is a type of running back that is going to be the detriment to the Chargers. A guy like Zeke, a guy like Derrick Henry, right? A guy like uh, Aaron Jones. I mean, those guys are, are bigger backs like Saquon Barkley. And those guys tend to to do well against the chargers, but Clyde's a little back a guy, you know, getting swing passes out of the backfield. I'm really confident in the, the chargers secondary and the linebackers to keep him, you know, under 50 yards. Yeah, that's great. Um, I should probably start going first. Cause I had some of mine in there, but good things. We have backups. Uh, I'll go real quick. Um, I had Clyde Edwards Lair. I think that's a great picnic as my bust. Um, my boom Toss says boom is within like five or six more of their projected. So a guy I'm booming on uh, this week is uh, Hawkinson. I said he'd be a top three tight end in fantasy by the end of the season. And right now on uh, ESPN, he's projected 14 points in a PPR. He's the guy in Detroit. Um, that's going to be a shootout in Baltimore. And I think he goes for an easy 20 piece in PPR. Uh, one bust I have as well um, for this. I'm going with Toss has sold me on Trevin Diggs. I think Philly has a really tough time against Dallas in Jerry world. And I think, unfortunately I love Devonta Smith, but he is the number one guy in Philly. And I think Diggs will be on him. So I think he gets blanketed in there. Um, and the Cowboys defense shows out in their uh, first division game. And let it be known that toss and Josh share a fantasy team and they declined a trade that I offered them for Mike Evans and TJ Hawkinson. So yeah, but there's other people involved in that. I don't remember who, but yeah, but you know what? Okay, well, who are the people? It was Darren Waller and Judy. There was another guy, I think. That yeah, been... yeah. So Darren Waller. Well, Darren Waller. Darren Waller, our, our week one, had a tremendous Monday night game, and we were really happy about that. And Stokes. I do think that it's impossible to predict guys are going to get injured. We really liked what Judy did week one, and we really liked him going forward. And there was a couple of other pieces involved in that trade. But yeah, Nick, hindsight would have been great for us to have Hawkinson last week. Cause we would have, we would have won that game against you. We matched up last week and Hawkinson ended up winning the game for Nick on Monday night, even after he played Will Fuller in his lineup who didn't even touch the field. Didn't matter. We had two as our second quarterback in a two QB league and right. he literally fell to the floor. So that's done. Toss yeah. close us out your fantasy guys this week. Well, I was going to be right there with you, Nick with Tyson Williams. I think that's a great pick. Um, I think he's going to have, a wonderful week. My dud, 
the Buffalo defense is playing their run game really, really well. I think Gibson, Antonio Gibson from Washington is a really talented running back. But unfortunately, the way that Taylor Heineke functions as the quarterback of this team, I don't think it allows for Antonio Gibson to maximize his potential. And in the red zone, they're looking to throw the ball, not to run it between the tackles. And that's where Gibson really thrives. Like he would be a good guy against your chargers, right? Nick, he's a power type of back where he can go up the middle. I think they're going to look for Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin to make plays in the end zone when they get in the red zone. But I also don't think they're going to be in the red zone that much. So while he is normally a RB one or an RB two, I think he falls out uh, this week receiver. I'm going to give a receiver. It's, it's pretty tough, but I think that because the Jags are going to be down a lot this game. I think that Marvin Jones has really cemented himself as that wide receiver, wide receiver one. And I think he's going to have another good week. He scored touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. He's getting a, a heavy target share from Trevor Lawrence. They're going to be down in most games. And I really think he's his go-to target. LaVisca has fallen off. Um, so has DJ Chark. He's going to Marvin Jones Jr. The guy is just an elite athlete. And for that reason, he stretches the field and he gets open. And Trevor Lawrence is going to find him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, that he was on my radar too. Um, fantasy football and betting. Go bet on the Bengals plus three. Go bet on the Vikings money line. Take the Bears plus seven. Take the Broncos minus 10. Nick, give me your other one because I forgot it off the top of my head. Real quick, your number one bet was? Bucks minus one. Bucks minus one, TB12. And then, yeah, start Tyson, start Marvin Jones, start TJ Hawkinson if you haven't already. Um, we'll be back. We're the charity stripe. We're back. It's a charity stripe. Hit your free throws because they free. I want to talk about something. It's been talked about for the last week now. We had some drama in San Diego, actually in St. Louis in the dugout. Manny Machado, Tatis, get into it. Manny said some words to the young star telling him that he needs to just play baseball. It's not about him. It's about the team. And I like it. I think that it's exactly what happens in locker rooms. We just don't always see it in dugouts because I'm sure that this happens behind closed doors, but this is a team that's underperforming a team that has had high hopes with a lot of talent and they're frustrated. A guy who has been the clear cut MVP favorite for the pretty much the entire season for the NL is now letting it slip through his fingers um, because he's not playing as well as he used to. And also the team isn't performing. Right. And so this article came out in the San Diego Union Tribune by Kevin AC. And it basically said that Tatis has been feeling like this for a while now. And on at least one occasion, a veteran players come to him and told him, you know, that he needs to kind of adjust himself about his brooding personality and that he, you know, he just needs to play baseball and he needs to, to realize that it's a team thing. It's, and he can't put the team on his shoulders alone. It's the entire team. Now there's a lot of factors that go into this, right? Of course, there's reports saying that, the team doesn't respect the manager, Jace Tingler, that there's people in the front office that are calling for Jace Tingler's head. There's a lot of different factors here. And yes, this team since August 11th is the worst team in baseball. They were on a pace of winning 46 and a half games if it was a 162 game season, which that's the worst team in baseball if, if we're playing like that. Oh. So it's ridiculous. And, and you know, obviously, yes, there are injuries that have happened throughout the rotation. Like Snell's on the IL. You Darvish had to sit on the IL. Of course, Lamette's been up and down. Paddock has been up and down. It's it's tough. You know, there's a lot of a lot of blows. They had to sign Arietta, who just got DFA'd yesterday. And his career ERA with the Padres and four starts was was a 10-9-6. So it's just uh he was so close. Multiple, right. 
is almost a it's 1090. just a matter exactly it's just a matter of so many different issues that go into it and it's frustrating because yes as padres fans we all thought that this was a year that this team can contend. They had a magical season last year. And, you know, there is a lot of hope because there's a lot of young stars on this team and a lot of these guys are locked up, but there are just so many different obstacles that have made this team falter. And, and, you know, I mentioned a few of them and another one is, is Derek Hosmer as well, right? A guy that you bring in early on to become the leader of the team who you've spent a lot of money on, who's been underperforming. And reports come out that the, the organization tries to trade him. And I guess it leaves a bad taste in players' mouths. And instead, you know, they add a guy like Adam Frazier, who, you know, was a head scratcher. He was leading the league in hits and he had the best average in all of baseball. But it's already, it's already a crowded infield with Cronenworth, who's an all-star. You got Tatis at short. You got Manny at third. So didn't make a ton of sense because they didn't address their biggest need, which was starting pitching. And it still is their biggest need because like I just mentioned, they've had injuries from top to bottom of that entire rotation. The only guy that's been able to stay healthy throughout that rotation is Joe Musgrove. So there's a lot to kind of talk about here. There's a lot to make out of this. I know that every San Diego beat writer, reporter, broadcaster has been talking about it. I'm sure. And we just haven't had the opportunity to talk about it because we get on the airwaves every Thursday. So what are your guys thoughts? Uh, I think that they got nervous and which can happen when you're at the trade deadline. Uh, Adam Frazier wasn't a bad player to pick up. It just, I don't know if it was necessarily the right player to pick up. You spend money on Kim Cronenworth's an all-star. I mean, you can't anticipate FTJ getting hurt, but he's, you know, back now, obviously, and maybe have to trade Hosmer, but Hosmer was a bad signing. We knew it was a bad signing when it happened. It, it, it's just baseball can be unfortunately so predictable some, sometimes from the couch. It just really can be. And the big fish from a pitching standpoint was Jose Barrios and the team that went and got him. And it's not the only reason, you know, it's and not Scherzer. like, and yeah, I mean, Scherzer, yes, is like the, the major, major fish, but Scherzer is going to be a free agent. You know, Barrios won't be. Barrios is going to be with Toronto next year. And yeah. you didn't necessarily know if Scher- Scher- there was inklings that Scherzer was going to move, but it was pretty much a lock for almost as soon as, soon as the Twins were really in the toilet and like Buxton goes down, you knew Barrios was going to be on the move. And you had a lot of time and a lot of anticipation to get your ducks in a row to go get him. And the Blue Jays go get him. They lock it up. And getting a guy like that, a guy that can step on the mound, it just ignites so much confidence. Yeah. When the whole team is getting out there and you know the guy that's gunning that day can give you seven innings, one earned run, two walks, four hits, and 10 Ks, it just changes the whole mentality of the game. There's so much less pressure. I mean, that getting Chris Sale back for the Red Sox changed the entire mentality of the Red Sox team. It's you have a it's guy not even just the team, too. It's it's also it, part of the team is the bullpen, right? I mean, the, the Padres have had the best bullpen at the beginning of the season, right? And now they've exhausted the entire bullpen because those guys have to go out there for bullpen games every five days, or, you know, a guy can't make it past four innings or five innings or guys are getting hurt. So they're having to pick up more of the load and it's exhausting that yeah. those guys aren't used to pitching that much in a season. So that is definitely attributed to the bullpen woes. Um, but you're right. They should have gotten a guy like Burrios and they should have gotten, I mean, the whole Scherzer thing, it seems like maybe Scherzer didn't want to come to San Diego. Maybe they had a trade in place. I don't know exactly what happened. Part of me kind of believes that their representative Scott Boris had something to do with it because Hosmer 
is represented by Scott Boris and Scherzer is represented by Scott Boris. So maybe Boris hears that the Padres are trying to trade away Hosmer and he denies a trade to the Padres because he's like, you know what? You're going to try to screw my client. You're not going to get my other one. Maybe Hosmer's in the deal. They're taking less prospects on or they're giving more in that deal to get to unload Hosmer's contract. I'm not saying it's likely, but that could have happened because that's what's being discussed. Trey Turner's also involved in that deal as well. Uh, the, the Dodgers, you know, they gave up Ruiz, who's a top catching prospect. They gave up Josiah Gray, who's one of their better pitching prospects. They gave up, like, it's not like they gave up pennies in that deal. And it just doesn't seem like the Padres were willing to go and do that for Barrios. They weren't willing to go do that for Scherzer. And now they're paying the price because the Giants didn't slow down like we all thought would happen. They continue to keep pace. The Dodgers now have Scherzer and Trey Turner. And, you know, that one-game series, anything could happen. Outside the one-game series, I would be thoroughly shocked. Maybe they'll drop a game or two, let alone a series in the whole NL run. Um, and at that point, you know, it's – if you want to contend with the big boys, you have to play like the big boys. And yeah. they went and in they part- – In particular in August and September. I mean, you look and see it, – it's how you finish the season, right? Like, look what yeah. the Cardinals have done. They've gone 10 and 0 in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. It's it's for good reason that they're going to make the playoffs now. And that's the type of feel and vibe you want across your roster going into the playoffs. And that speaks to what you brought up at the beginning, Nick, is is the Tatis and Machado little scuff, which you have to, if you're the best player on a team, I don't care what sport you're playing, you have to hold yourself accountable and lead by example because otherwise we've seen it, right? It trickles down across the entire organization and guys lose morale. Yeah. No, and I, and look, I understand Tatis is a 22 year old kid, you know? Oh, he's got so much time to grow and learn. He's got time yeah. to grow and learn. And also, you know, this is an opportunity for him to learn, but at the same time, you know, he just got this massive contract. He's getting all these endorsements, you know, with Adidas and MLB the show. And, you know, he's, people are calling him the face of baseball and that is a lot of pressure on a 22 year old kid, you know? And so he's looking to perform and he's got that guy in Philadelphia. That's kind of sniffing his butt right now with the MVP race, Bryce Harper. I mean, he's, oh, he's good. He's, right he's about to win it by the way, the way he's exactly. playing. At the I end mean, of- if, Tatis, if Tatis doesn't step it up when these last, you know, few games that they have left, it's Bryce Harper's to take short. I mean, memory. I, the, their team is playing. The Phillies are playing much better than the Padres, you know, that right now, I mean, they're sitting in the same position in terms of the wild card race, but you know, just what Bryce Harper has been able to do on his own is pretty miraculous. Although, I mean, I, I do still think that, if Tatis, you know, can can keep a level batting average, right, and not decrease, and he can get over forty home runs, and he can get over twenty five steals, and I think that it's probably his to take as well. Um, but you tweeted last night, Josh, late. that late last night, late night thoughts, uh, co MVPs, Tatis and Harper. Is that something that's ever happened before? Yes. Um, great question, Nick. And I'm going to quickly tie in everything into this because it all revolves around each other because the, the guy that was the co-MVP was Keith Hernandez who you guys know I've been talking about on multiple shows the doc that just went down um the with you know revolving around the that Mets. Mets team and on that Mets team was Daryl Strawberry and he's a young guy and he was the face of baseball and it happened then it happened with Ken Griffey Jr. it happened with Alex Rodriguez it happened with Bryce Harper Mike Trout it's happening right now with Fernando Tatis Jr. and guess what in five years it's going to happen again with somebody there's going to be some 20, 21-year-old kid who comes up in five years and is just the new face of baseball. And that's how this game rolls. 
And if the Padres can't control the narrative, which they do a poor job doing, look, that manager is toast. He might as well clean out his locker now. It's over. Oh, I agree. I don't, I really don't see how he kept his job past Monday uh, with all the reports that came out of all the people in the front office and the team not respecting him. I mean, look, at the end of the day, this Padres team needs a veteran manager that they respect. A guy like Bruce Bochy, you know, a guy like AJ Hinch, even that I would say a guy like Buck Showalter. I mean, those are all guys that can come in here with years of experience that have coached players at every level, young, old, you know, developing, doesn't matter. We need a guy who can come in here and has experience in the playoffs and experience with old guys and young guys. And I think Buck Showalter is a good one because, you know, he was with Manny in, in Baltimore. I think AJ Hinch is a good one because, you know, he's won a world series. He's had a team like the Astros before, you know, despite all the cheating allegations and everything that happened there, he's still a good manager. And I he's think epic. he'd be a good fit. He's the manager for the Tigers are 74 and 78. They, that exactly. roster is not good. Exactly. And so I think Bochi is also a great option. You know, Bochi is everyone knows him. You know, he coached the Padres for a very long time. He's just under 500 career winning percentage. If he can go to the Padres, you know, for a few years and, and get a championship and get a few winning seasons, he can boost his career winning percentage over 500. And he lives in Poway, which is in San Diego, for those of you who don't know that. Um, and so I think that's a perfect match as well. A lot of people are looking, you know, at guys who are inexperienced, like Phil Nevin, who's, you know, a coach for the Yankees right now, Will Venable, who's with the Red Sox. I mean, those are former Padres players, guys who have coached, you know, third base, first base bench coach, but they're not managers. They don't have experience. And that's the problem that we have right now with Jace Tingler, right? We need a guy with experience. You need a guy with experience. You need a player's guy and you need veterans to come in there. And the veterans that this team has right now, you have Machado, who is fiery, which is good if there are other veterans to back him up. Right now, it's him against the world. Hosmer's feeling like he's on the outs, I'd imagine, right? With everything we've just discussed. They bring in Blake Snell, who's quote-unquote been there before. And at the top of the year, he's like, I don't want to be here. He felt hurt by the Rays. And it's probably spent the entire season up until like the end where he's kind of pitched well, you know, feeling yeah, hurt. Yeah, hurt. They don't have the veteran leadership. They need to bring in a veteran leader as a player. As a player, yeah. it's important. I agree. It can't just fall on one guy. And right now, that one guy is Manny. You know, everyone says he's the team captain. And I love Manny. And I think everyone loves Manny, the fans and the players, right? He, he's a great mentor to, to Nando. But you're right. There needs to be a guy that is a voice in the locker room that is going to hold everyone accountable and, um, you know, make sure that everyone's kind of on the right page. It, it's not doesn't fall on the shoulders of one guy. I mean, it, it's a team effort. You look at any great team out there that's won a championship and they have multiple guys out there that do it. You can list them. You can list them. David Ross, you know, yeah. you go, Carlos Beltran, go down the line. Every team has that guy. Every team has a guy that's a veteran guy that, you know, you can turn to. And Machado is one of the guys that you want, but it may not be the best guy. Like going back to that Mets doc, like, Keith Hernandez is one of those guys, but they had Gary Carter too, you know, and having a veteran guy in there to help at least guide the players, maybe not off the field, but at least within the locker room, you know, and, and unfortunately that's what you want Hosmer for, but he's just not. You look at this Cardinals team. That's you look at this hot Cardinals team right now. Yadier Molina. He's been with the organization forever. Wainwright. I mean, yeah. Wainwright. Exactly. I mean, they've got plenty of those guys on that team. I mean, of course you got Arenado, who's, who's uber talented and, 
Goldschmidt's playing great baseball. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you got Lestella or no, sorry, Lestella's on the Giants. Um, you know, I just, it's ridiculous. Guys step up. Guys are Edmund, O'Neill, Carlson. The whole team is stepping up in St. Louis. And yep. they're stepping same, up. And same with the Giants, too. I mean, you got Posey. And then you got Lestella, like I just mentioned. And you got Longoria. And you got Chris Bryant. I mean, it's about winning it's a championship. Experience. Not winning MVP. It's not about. And then you know what, though, in Fernando's defense, everyone's picking him to win the MVP and not the Padres to win the World Series. It's a tough balance for a young guy. So let's give him a little slack there. He does have to learn, but unfortunately, he's going to have to learn quickly because that's just the way pro sports works. Because then you're labeled as the guy that cares about himself and is a stat junkie and cares about the individual awards, not a guy that wins championships. And we see that in baseball, we see that in football, and then we see that in basketball. And then he has to go to a team. Which I don't, which won't happen because he signed that massive contract. But hypothetically, that would have happened. You know, we've seen guys do it before. Um, but it just could, it could sour the relationship. You'd have to be a team first guy. My point being, um, and he'll get there. Uh, it's just an unfortunate year for the Padres. Um, but yeah, do the look. I think the Dodgers are going to win the West, and that Cardinals team is red hot. Like the Giants, as good as they've been all year, you don't want to face that Cardinals team. They're on a scorch. I mean, they're they're playing the best baseball they played all season, and it's only, it's when it matters. I mean, look, you could point fingers and everything and, and you could, you know, see what went wrong. Ultimately, the Padres just didn't win the games they needed to win. I mean, they had losing records against the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Those are the teams that are supposed to be gimmies in your division, right? Say it all. And they didn't get they didn't get the job done. Yes, look, the San Diego fans do not deserve this. They came to every game and sold out Peco Park and you know, rep the Brown and bought all the merchandise and bought into the players and bought into the organization. And it's really sad. It is right. Especially a city like San Diego that, you know, gets the charges ripped away from them. And they feel like the Padres are their one and only hope. The good thing is these players are locked up for a long time. we got Nando for, you know, 13 more years. We got Manny for at least another seven years. You know, we got, we've got guys on this roster that are going to be here for a while. Our pitching staff is still going to be intact. You know, and those guys are going to be free agents. So, I mean, there is a lot to be hopeful about, but it comes down to, the top, right? You got to get a guy who can lead a team, who people respect. That's number one. And you got to bring in vets. You got to bring in vets and you got to bring in some guys who don't get hurt. And you got to bring in some power bats. I think that's another issue that they just have fallen short of the home run ball this season a lot. There's not a ton of power in that lineup. We talk mm-hmm. about Frazier, you know, being a good player, but not the right player. He's got four home runs this season. He hasn't hit a single home run with the Padres. What they need is a guy like Hunter Renfro that they let go of, or a guy like Fermil Reyes they let go of, who hits 30 bombs, 40 bombs this season. Ugh, I love Renfro. I'm so happy. Yeah. I mean, look, or, sure, a way, or a way to have gone and gotten Gallo, right? Who ended up in New York. Exactly. Yeah. Big, I mean, big bat with a lot of pop. Look, that's a piece that, that Padres fans were dying to have for a while. And you know what they could have done is they could have gotten Gallo and Gibson, put them in a deal together, and that would have addressed both needs. Started who- pitching and a power bat. But the Phillies get Gibson because they're playing yep. like a winning organization, and the Yankees get Gallo. You cannot play small. Look, it's, you can't play small ball anymore. You can, they sw- look. They were so prideful. We can't go get another pitcher. We just got Darvish. We just got Snell. We got Musgrove. We've shelled out so much for pitching already. You know what? Like what did our like we talked about in our Texas podcast? Like our coach swallowed his pride. Admit he made a mistake. And went back to Casey Thompson. Yeah. Like sometimes well, yeah, you got to swallow. You got to swallow your pride. 
that's yeah, no, that's an AJ Preller issue, you know, the general manager. And I think a lot of people are asking as well if he's in the hot seat. I don't think that they fire him. I think that he will give him at least another year. I mean, he signed an extension at the beginning of the year through 2026. So I think they're gonna give him another opportunity to kind of save his job. Well, he's but made the he he's made the moves. He's made the moves. Like you look, you can't no one thought that this was gonna happen with the yeah, I no, trust me, I know, but you know? I mean, they're also saying that like if this ship goes down. You know, in terms of the manager position, Preller's going down with him because that's the hand-picked guy. You know, people were like, they gave him the reins to hire to, to hire Tingler because that's his boy from Texas. And so, you know, part of it, that's why you got to put your, your personal life and your business life aside, right? Like you can't, always, you have to detach always. your feelings here. You know, I mean, of course you can be friends, but at the same time, like this is a professional sports team you know it's not it, this isn't you know your little league dad who wants to you know go in and, and coach coach with his buddy and it's, it's not fantasy it's baseball that, exactly like you need to put your bias aside and go get the right guy and the right guy is an older veteran manager his name is bruce bochi <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Nev. I actually don't even. Hate, I don't even hate the Nevin pick either, because like, look, he's been in. He's been in San Diego. People love him there. Like, he's a guy. He's a player. You know, he's a player's coach. Like, it's. I don't even hate that pick either. Like, I just really, to me, and you know, I don't know. It's just unfortunate because the. Like, I'm looking at across the country, and the Mets are in the same situation. It's the same thing in New York. You can't fully gut the whole front office, though because this team is ready to contend. Like you can't just do a whole gut job. This isn't like a disaster. Like it's not, right. I mean, they're still gonna have a winning record. Like the Mets are going to fire their manager, but you can't do a whole gut job. Cause you've made these moves. You've made these big plays. Like if you fire the guy up top, it sends that message message all the way down that everyone thinks yeah, that trickles down. trickles down badly. Right. No, I know what you mean. Um, well, good luck to the Padres for the rest of the season. You're gonna need a miracle. Yeah. Well, miracles can happen. Uh, with a charity stripe. I'm Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nicholas Kreider. Find us on Instagram at the dot charity dot stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore. Hit your free throws. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Stan Diego, a local knowledgeable realtor. Stan Diego went to San Diego High School, then to San Diego State University. Stan Diego Kimmerman knows all about your city. Give him a call now for any of your buying, selling, or investment needs. At 619-940-STAN. That's 619-940-7826. Go to standiego.com now to find out more. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.